Welcome to the Fiber for Breakfast podcast, a series that discusses fiber as the critical infrastructure for today's growing broadband needs. Listen in as Gary Bolton, CEO and President of the Fiber Broadband Association, speaks with industry thought leaders and experts about connectivity issues and the impact on the remote workplace. I hope you enjoy today's discussion, which will start momentarily. And remember to subscribe and like this podcast on your favorite platform. This week's Fiber for Breakfast brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Wesco. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our eighth episode of 2023. Before we kick off, I'd like to thank Wesco, the platinum sponsor for Fiber Breakfast, and our gold sponsors, Nokia and Vetro. On Friday, the FCC submitted a report to Congress on the impact of the Broadband Interagency Coordination Act. This directs the FCC to work with NTIA and RUS on broadband deployment with a whole of government approach. In the report, the agencies say the agreement has proven effective in improving interagency coordination and facilitating efficient use of broadband deployment. Uh, The report also has some recommendations It says the agencies should continue to work together and promote more visibility on their efforts. They need to revisit the agreement to establish a process with a minimum time period for the agency's review proposed funding before committing. Also, the broadband agencies should explore how to better support current funding maps and the mapping efforts with data from state and local entities. No surprise there. And then also to establish a process that expedites I'm adding more agencies to this memorandum of understanding. You know, on the NTI front, uh, the Build America, Buy America, what we like to call BABA requirement, continues to be a hot topic in the in the industry. Uh, we expect the NTI Middle Mile Awards to be announced as early as March 1st, but we still haven't seen any BABA waivers yet. Uh, that said, NTI has been pretty clear that whatever waivers may or may not be granted for the Middle Mile those waivers will not necessarily be applicable to the B program. You know, so comments on OMB's revised guidance for grants and agreements to support uh, Build America, Buy America are due to OMB by March 13th. So that's coming up here in a couple of weeks. So speaking of NTI, I had a great discussion with Evan Feynman, the B director for NTI last Wednesday on the Fire Broadband Association's Where's the funding series? You know, Evan was really um, open and direct, and he provided just a great deal of critical insights on the BEAD program. So if you miss it, I highly recommend you watch the replay, which can be found on our website on, under webinars. This brings us to today's Fire for Breakfast session with Brad Moline, the president and CEO of Allo Communication, We'll be discussing how fiber is changing the lives of the youth in Lincoln, Nebraska. Last week on Fiber Breakfast, we heard from Josh Snowhorn, the CEO of Quantum Loop, to discuss fiber to the hyperscale data centers, lessons learned. You know, I found it absolutely fa- fascinating to hear Josh talk about how he's building this massive 43-mile fiber ring connecting Ashburn, Virginia, and Frederick, Maryland, that's composed of 34 two-inch ducts with the ability to accommodate 6912, 6912 fiber trunks with total capacity of 235,000. That's 235,000 strands of fiber. I mean, can you imagine, uh, even imagine trying to splice the 6912 fiber in the trunk? Uh, anyway, it was a great discussion. So 
checked out the replay if you missed that. Today on Fire for Breakfast, our session is with Brad Mullane, the president and CEO of Allo Communications, to discuss how fiber is changing the lives of the youth in Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, that's really what fiber is all about. It's about people and changing their lives for the future. So Brad is the president and CEO. He founded Allo Communications in 2003 in Imperial, Nebraska. Allo is a telecommunications company offering fiber, telephone, long distance, broadband, internet, and television to the residents and businesses and government entities. Allo provides communication services to 35 cities across Nebraska, Colorado, Arizona, totaling approximately 989,000 in population. Previously, Brad was the Senior Vice President of Finance and the Chief Financial Officer, a driving force behind the exponential growth of Burt's Telecom in Kansas City. You know, I always think of take a what is it? Take a bite out of the bells. Is that what the birch was? And that, what was your dog's name? Uh, uh, Buddy. 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 That's right. Geez, um, that's 20 years ago. Yeah, I loved. And you had the coolest offices in Kansas City. But anyway, um, Brad has a degree in business administration with distinction from the University of Nebraska, and is a formerly a certified public accountant with Ernest and Young. So welcome, Brad. And for our audience, please type in your questions as we go, and we'll work them into the Q and A at the end. With that, I'll turn it over to Brad. Well, thanks, Gary, um, and uh, thanks for inviting me to, to join you for, for breakfast this morning. Um, it's uh, an ex exciting time for, for fiber, and, and I'm particularly interested in talking about this. You know, quite often we're talking about beat or a technology or um, uh, supply chain issues, and talking about how we uh, impact our communities is really our purpose. So thank you for the, the topic. Thank you for what we're doing. Real quickly on, on Allo, um, you, can, you can see we started in Western Nebraska 20 years ago uh, after I left Birch and our 100% of our customers fired Southwestern Bell. I just remembered the tagline from uh, uh, 20 plus years ago. Wow, I, when you think about it, I've been doing this for more than a quarter of, of a century. So um, uh, I started when I was like eight or something like that. Um, but anyway, uh, we started in Western Nebraska 20 years ago, um, uh, really as a business phone company, and then had pushed across the, the, the state into Colorado and now into Arizona. Um, I think you said that uh, we were in 35 communities. I think we've approved another five or six or seven um, since then and, and are continuing to expand. We have about 1,300 employees and uh, one thing that's a little unusual is we have about 450, 500 of them are in our construction organization. Uh, we, we do most of the construction ourselves and, and that's a, a big push. But after the construction is done, then we operate. Um, and we operate across business, governmental, residential, um, usually get a little bit higher um, market shares um, in business and governmental and you know just a little bit north of 50%. Um, uh, market share in, in residential, so that's that's what we do. It's a it's a uh, ubiquitous build of communities, and then provide service everything from enterprise business through government, uh, small business, and residential. And that's re really what I want to talk about today. Is our goal is to change the ecosystem. What I mean by the ecosystem is how hospitals work with their patients, how schools work with their students 
how businesses work with it used to be customers but now it's their work from home uh, situation as I'm looking at Gary in, in what I assume is his home not his office or, or is both today what part we have four core values here um, I'm, I'm probably not quick enough to remember a mission statement and those types of things but we have four core values it's to be honest hassle-free exceptional and today what we really want to talk about is being local and um, I believe that uh, the telcos of the 70s and 80s really had it right where you had a local GM that was on the city council was was really part of developing that community um, the people that worked at the telco were leaders uh, coaching little league baseball or, or uh, in, involved in the nonprofits, etc. cetera. Uh, there was that way of working together that changed communities. And um, as margins got tighter, I would contend networks started to age and we were trying to squeeze more out of a, an old network. We let, and I'm a, a former CPA, I love saying former, um, but uh, you know, we let the spreadsheets run our companies not people and we got tighter and tighter and of course a spreadsheet will always say close your local office become less involved in in your community because where else are they going to go well now that there's fiber over builders and others investing it's a more competitive environment now so it's all about being local um we we take it on a scaled uh, setup to be local um the you know it's led by marketing but everybody gets involved um whether you're you know a, a, in a part of our drop crew part of our construction crew a, an installer a csr whatever you get involved in the local uh world and you know just last year we we um participated in you know more than 500 events and we sponsor things um yes we because of that, we receive a bunch of awards, you know, best of the community awards. And I, I, I don't think we've ever received one once and not received it every year. Um, so not every community does those awards, but you know, that's that's how we do it. And then we, we also offer great service and PC Mag um, continues to say we're one of the fastest ISPs and, and, and that. But so you've got a great network You've got a great group of people, and then you have a corporate culture that says, hey, we want to be involved and we want to change things. And so uh, now I'm going to dial specifically to Lincoln. Lincoln's the 70th largest uh, community in the United States, 300,000 um, uh, people roughly. Uh, and we've done a ubiquitous build there, pretty much you know, all parts of the city. Um, uh, business, governmental, residential, low income, high income, um, new builds, old builds, and um, and today, you know, we're just sitting at just under 50% residential market share. It's um, and we use market share, we use census households as our denominator, so there's it's true market share, and um, and so once you get to that point where you're the dominant provider in a community. You're doing great things. You're winning, winning some awards and all that. Um, then, how are you impacting the next 30 or 40 or 50 years? Because our fiber is going to last that long. So um, we believe one nonprofits shouldn't be paying for um, fiber. 
They shouldn't be paying for their internet connection. Uh, they've got to raise money and do great things, whether it's helping new immigrants to the community or lower income areas or other people with challenges, veterans, all those types of things. So um, we did a program where uh, we we did we were going to give 75 um, nonprofits free gig internet for 10 years. Well, uh, that was an agreement we did with with the city of Lincoln just to really lean into things. Well, we said why stop there? So we're in the we're, we're well beyond 80 uh, nonprofits right now, and we're really moving uh, nicely along that. And and what does that mean? Well, we connect them we enable them but we really try to get our people involved too because we want our teams to then to get involved with the humane society or the heart association or whatever it is so that they make a difference now we're going to talk about schools um from our our start the schools were some of the first that signed up with us um the first that we did e-rate hosted pbx um, layer two, Metro Ethernet, connections uh, to Network Nebraska and other uh, locations. But um, it, it has continued to evolve from there. And that um, the pictures you're seeing at the left, uh, before I move on specifically to, to Rabble Mill in the Bay, is some events we sponsor. But one of them I like to point out is, um, is we center on education and music and and you can see a couple of the music things uh there but we host a free concert in front of our office on wednesdays uh nights during the summer it was an idea of a way to blend um the community around us together uh, we never thought how big it would get today we get about 800 to a thousand people every wednesday night um there's a uh, um uh, local coffee shop that's down the street or down in, in the same building as us they provide the alcohol and, and food and those types of things we handle the bands and the, the entertainment and it's all free um the food i guess they get to pay for but it brings the community together so that people who would normally not get together can experience and, and hopefully break down some of the divisiveness of, of our society now let's talk about the bay um uh so Mike Smith, who's in the lower left-hand corner here, um, quite often we're doppelgangers. We look about the same, well, maybe not. He's got long hair and tattoos and he's uh, about 15 years younger than me, but we grew up in the same town. And uh, he, he has this passion um, for skateboarding and some other things. Uh, I'm friends with a lot of uh, engineers and that, and he's friends with Tony Hawk. Matter of fact, I was in a, uh, a promo video with Tony Hawk, which was kind of fun. He started the the Bay as a place for at-risk kids, kids that are having some challenges to go. They love to skate and to stay there. Um, early on in Lincoln, he was trying to teach the skateboarders to not be a problem downtown. And so they figured out that handing out socks to homeless people, sock, uh, clean socks, dry socks were one of the uh, real needs. So they developed a relationship that escalated. One, a couple of the skateboard kids said, "Hey, um, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Where are these guys going to eat?" Well, you know, I don't know. So they, you know, raised money. Uh, the kids did to, to then um, host a Thanksgiving dinner. Well, it escalated um, from a community place 
to now a school. And um, we do a lot of work with Lincoln Public Schools, a lot of work with the schools across the state of Nebraska. And uh, then they wanted, they had a dream of saying, hey, these kids, they're creative. They learn differently. They, um, they come from all socioeconomic areas, but there's risk that they, they'll fall out of the normal path of school. So they went, said, hey, let's um, start a school. Um, my wife and I, uh, uh, Mike's kind of, uh, oh, I don't know what the term is, um, convinced us that anything he do is going to change society. So we were the first investors in it. And then um, many other corporate people around us, including Allo and, and some of our investors at Nelnet, um, all dove in. And uh, I think we raised $3 million to start this school. Well, uh, first classes uh, started this last fall. There's about 60 kids in. It'll grow to you know 100, maybe 200 uh, kids. And what our goal is, is to, to change these kids' path in life. They, they, they have an indoor skate park. That's their PE, if you will, uh, portion. But they, they're teaching these kids to, the saying is, find your grind. While you like to you know, take TikTok videos or, or um, social media or um, play music or those types of things, those are all great. But how are you going to make enough money in your eight to five? How, how are you going to find your grind to do what you like so that you're, uh, you contribute to society. And then if you can't make money on uh, your passions, you do that after hours until then finally uh, it becomes a, a uh, uh, hopefully your business long-term. So it's teaching responsibility. It's teaching um, some very creative things, uh, some things like working with uh, uh, video technology, um, uh, support for music and, and those types of things. But it's really saying, hey, you got to have your eight to five too. You've got to have your grind. And I, and I love that thought process. Um, so, so the kids can learn in a different manner. It's accredited by Lincoln Public Schools. And that was an awesome partnership. Very difficult to put together this new way of thinking with a um, traditional um, public education. And I think it's it's working very well. So Allo, we dove in, of course, free internet, free um, uh, other services. We um, uh, re helped raise money. We participate in a lot of different things, but we're changing some kids' lives. And that's what's important is um, just seeing how uh, kids who couldn't sit in a normal class can come in here and participate, not only succeed, but thrive. And if, if college is their path, there's a great path to college. It's right on the edge of UNL, um, University of Nebraska at Lincoln. Um, if they've also got a great relationship with a couple of the community colleges, or they're learning some of our skills, um, the skills to, to eventually become uh, customer service uh, experts or, um, or work in, in our splicing or our install teams. And so there's a nice path there. Uh, that's a little self-interest. I don't know if any of them will end up coming and working for us, but hopefully we're part of their grind. 
And so this is just one example. I could go across uh, some of the smaller communities and others of how we dive into things. This is one of the things I'm particularly passionate about. But, uh, you know, in the end, we try to help out. We make technology friendly. Um, obviously, these kids can use our technology better than I can. And, um, and it's, it's a great way, whether it's the concert series, helping kids, being local is really our purpose. Our purpose is to, you know, build, connect, and support Gigabit's uh, communities. And in the end, this is part of the ecosystem that I think is, as um, uh, corporate citizens, we have to participate in. But what's more is it's a whole lot of fun to participate with these kids and see how they learn and how they thrive. And, you know, that, that maybe being a, a little bit of an engineering geek style, it's pretty cool because their grind is really our future. Um, and, and let's celebrate some, some people who, who uh, learn differently, interests maybe are a little different. And, um, uh, it, like music and sports and other things, there's a lot of mix here, but our future, the fiber future is really tied to these very creative kids. So that's all I really had to, to talk about today. Um, uh, it's our passion, it, it's a lot of fun, and um, our team does a great job of supporting, um, leaning in, we, we uh, show them what fiber is, we show them what our job is, and uh, you know, it's really interesting watching the kids go through about 90% are really engaged. I'd love to say it was 100%, but I think we've all had kids and my kids were never 100% engaged either. Well, Brad, this is awesome. So, you know, I love that, find your grind. Um, I think that's a fantastic philosophy. And it, it sounds like um, the Bay is really doing that and helping kids find their grind. So you guys donate a gig of connectivity um, and the works, I guess, to this school and as well as 80 other nonprofits. Um, but you also leverage um, ACP, the Affordability Connectivity Program, so they can get free internet at home. Can you talk a bit about kind of how, what you're doing in school, how that kind of then works in their home life and being able to provide that opportunity? Yeah, actually, we, we give 10 gig to this school just because it's especially interesting to us. Um, but uh, uh, yes, uh, we also participate with the ACP program. And, and you know, any government program is has some, some bureaucracy. It needs to have some bureaucracy. It needs to be, um, you know, the, the governmental leaders, they get criticized when they waste money. And then they get criticized when it's kind of hard to sign up. And so um, we, we try to smooth out that process for them, make sure that, again, the ecosystem is tying together. ACP program, we have a, a little north of 3,000 people on the ACP program right now. We're very interested to, to um, and as a matter of fact, I'm reviewing uh, today a letter going out to um, all the government leaders within um, the three states we operate to remind them that, hey, this is good. I don't care if you're red or blue. It's good to have people connected. Um, uh, it helps the economy. It helps people um, uh, eliminate the digital divide, those types of things. And so 
uh, we dive into that. Now, I, I don't want to uh, imply that the only kids involved in this are lower income. There's, there's also some people who, and kids who have some challenge in the normal learning environment, or not even just a challenge, this is their passion. This is what yeah. they're really interested in and they can thrive rather than being uh, you know, on the football team or, or, or girls basketball team or whatever, or, or maybe in um, uh, you know, this club or that club, this is what they're interested in. And so it's a mix. Um, there's there's a lot of of the kids and and really where the school is located is in a, a more economically challenged area, but they um, ACP is an important part of that and finding a way to get them connected at home so that they can do um, uh, schoolwork is very important. Well, absolutely, and you know it's it's just great to see. Um as you say, you know, find the grind and being able to have an environment that allows people to be successful, you know, the young people, because they might not fit in a, you know, the traditional cohort that we've been using since the industrial age. Uh, so one of the questions that came in is, you know, where were you, you know, your, where's your company and your fiber growth um, when you started offering the free internet, you know, now you're up to what, 75, 80 nonprofits. So, I mean, did that start from day one or did you have to get to a certain level of success where you can start saying now, now it's time to get back or? No, uh, it, it started from day one. Um, I think the Midwest Theater in Scottsbluff, Nebraska in 2000 and late 2005, early 2006 was the, uh, it was a community theater that was down the street from our first CO and um, they needed some help. And I said, hey, here's some internet, don't pay us. Uh, well, then they added voice and some other things that they paid for, and and I think uh, I think we've we've given free internet to them for 18 years. Um, now, what sprung out of that? Well, a lot of corporate donors, um, you know, it's almost like giving with a purpose, even though that wasn't the purpose. Um, a lot of the corporate donors to that theater said, "Wait, who's this new group?" and and they're given internet, and wow, the internet's great there. Maybe this, uh, because back then um, we were negotiating with people whether, you know, a, a, a T1, data T1 was better than a 10 meg circuit uh, on fiber. So I'm a, big, a marketing campaign kind of. Yeah, I'm a big believer that good things happen when you do good things. And, yeah. um, and so uh, I can tie a direct line between some of the large giving groups into that theater and then we ended up doing their corporate work and um and so that that worked very well as well as you know around schools and we've got something coming with edgerome later this uh this summer that i think is going to be a game changer um, we're really focused on eliminating the digital divide i didn't mention that in the presentation but uh, hang on august is going to be a big big announcement time for us well, that's great. And, you know, part of, I guess, you know, your core values being local, how do you do that when you're, you know, like now in over 40 communities and three states? And so what's the secret sauce to being local? The, 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 the main thing is um, I grew up in a small town. Uh, well, actually, I grew up on a farm and I uh, went to a, a, a rural school in a town of 36 people, no zeros. Um, and so I, I believe in 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 uh, small towns, rural, those types of things. Um, 
And what we've done is as we've gotten bigger, we've tried to decentralize a lot of things. Um, in our across our organization, our products are the same, our pricing is the same, uh, generally the same. Um, our how we do business, our redundancy, you know, those types of things, those are made on a corporate uh, level. But we try to push local to the local level, and we're we're just now um, introducing GMs that each will have you know between eight and ten uh, communities that are you know part of their role is okay who was at that event. How was Allo represented at that event? Or, you know, do we see the logo across that event? Um, are we making a difference? Um, you know, there's there's been interesting things over the time. Uh, I remember it was in the late 2000s. There was a big snowstorm in a town North Platte, Nebraska, and you know we had bucket trucks and we had um, we really couldn't do any work, but we could help you know people clean up and get trees out of their driveway and and those types of things and it was an interesting thing because the accountant in me said oh that could be workers comp issues that could be you know, all this other stuff and then finally much like donating i said what's our role what's our responsibility and yeah i approved it but our team was already doing it they were like hey you know we're going to help our neighbors um, exactly. It was a great learning experience for me to say, hey, you've got to be careful. You know, obviously, we're not going to mess with electric lines and, and those types of things, but do the right thing and and help people out and, you know, be part of the community. And so pushing things down really makes uh, a lot of sense. We have local sales offices and those people usually that are, are, are first impression specialists, they're their passion is the community and so right. they're driving some things we encourage people you know we've got people who are city council members and you know heads of chambers and all those types of things uh that, that work with us and are part of our team that's what well, we Brad, want congratulations you know, on building a culture where you're you know you guys are involved with all your communities um Hey, I, well, I really appreciate, you know, hearing that everything that you and Allo are doing for these communities you serve across these three states. And thanks for joining us today. I look forward to getting back together next Wednesday. We'll be discussing best practices to deliver top net promoter scores for Bluebird Network with Mike Morey, the president and CEO of Bluebird Network, the communication infrastructure and operator of two data centers with nearly 11,000 miles of fiber in the Midwest. So you're not going to want to miss that. We'll see you guys again next Wednesday.